Good morning, everyone. My name is Linda Santavica, and this is Pressing Beyond. Recently, I read a featured article in the New York Times on someone who literally turned a lemon into lemonade. Today on Pressing Beyond, we are speaking with Herman James, who took New York by storm while going through our global crisis. Herman is a barber, and although COVID brought the world to a standstill, it did not stop Herman from pressing beyond and living out his true purpose. While salons and barbershops were shutting down, Herman decided to take the barbershop to Central Park. Not only did he keep business running, but he became a global sensation. Herman James, welcome to Pressing Beyond. Hi, Linda. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Before we delve into your story, I'd like to hear a little bit about how you started your career cutting hair. It was very interesting because I never really had a passion for barbering, but it was a great alternative when they came to me working for these entry-level jobs. So I, w- I always had a knack for, you know, messing with the clippers and everything like that. I would cut my brother's hair. I, I would cut my, you know, the-, the hair of my friends and things like that. And it got to a point where I was working so much when it came to those entry-level jobs and when it came to those minimum wage paying jobs that um, I was trying to solve an equation where I was trying to figure out how do I gain more of my time and still make, you know, and earn a decent living? Because I felt that I was wasting my potential at the jobs that I was at. When you realized this was something that you wanted to do, where did you take it from there? Yeah, so I decided to go to school. I decided to go to school. I felt that was the best option to um, obtain and develop a skill. And so I went to the school in Manhattan called American Barber Institute. And it was a great school because everything was hands-on. Uh, it lasted for about six to eight months. And, you know, all the teachers, you know, and instructors realized that I, I had a real knack and a real skill for it. So it was just something that, that was a great alternative. I ran with it. I followed it through. And it, it really set the tone, you know, for the direction that I wanted to head my life in in regards, you know, to occupation. It's also the kind of opportunity where you get to meet a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's one thing about barbering. Because everybody gets their hair cut from men, women, and children, you meet people from all over the world, from all different types of professions. The networking ability when it comes to barbering is amazing, to say the least. And so, you know, I definitely met a lot of people and I worked in at least one barbershop in every borough in New York City. I really got around when it came to barbering. However, early this year, you were working on the Upper West Side? Right. Well, earlier this year, before the pandemic happened, I was on 38th and Broadway at at a barbershop called Made Man. And then once the pandemic happened, I decided to rekindle my visit goal at, um, as a traveling barber in Nassau County, Long Island. And um, after that, I, I had went to Manhattan to uh, seek out a barbershop to work out of because things didn't really work to my, the way I wanted to in Nassau County, Long Island. And then um, after that, you know, I was at that barbershop for about a year and some change, a little over a year. And then the pandemic happened. And I, I realized that, you know, it was, um, it was a must that I take the initiative because they really wasn't doing a great job with keeping me uh, posted and up to date with what was going on. So now it was, let's say you went into the park around this past May. It was the, in, in the middle, like the second or third week of May, I decided to go out. It was already 90 days into quarantine. 
And uh, most of the people that really wanted fresh air and really wanted to be active, there was that Central Park. So the density of people in Manhattan was at Central Park. So I felt it was the ideal place to go and promote. Well, Central Park is my paradise on earth. I'm on the Upper West Side, uh, 72nd Street, Strawberry Fields, north of Strawberry Fields. And I'm right there by the uh, the lake. And there's a gazebo and yes. there's a nice lake. And um, there's also a bench you know, for people that want to wait. How did you attract these clients? It was it was interesting because it, it took on a life of its own. What happened was people began to notice and they uh, they found out about me mostly through word of mouth. When I was cutting hair outside, it was very fascinating to the observers. And they thought it was a great option that they had, you know, to you know get their hair cut outside. So whenever, you know, we had a passer buyer that came by, they would always, you know, give me words of encouragement. Oh, we love what you're doing and everything like that. And then they naturally, they would uh, spread the information by passing along, you know, to their loved ones, to their family, to their friends. And that's how, you know, it grew and uh, took on a life of its own from there. Mm -hmm. Definitely have reoccurring, you know, um, and repeat clients, um, not only because of the option that I'm giving them, you know, when it comes to, you know, getting a haircut outside, but also they love the work that I do. So what time do you get into the park? I'm usually there from officially from nine o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night. And I take a break at four o'clock in the afternoon and I come back and I return at five o'clock. And you go over to Lily's. Lily's have, you know, great food when it comes yes. to hummus and stuff like that. I also go to this other um, restaurant called Bodega 88. It's a Hispanic restaurant and they have um, like awesome, authentic uh, Spanish food as well. Are you getting any recognition? Because you're featured in the New York Times, you're in Central Park. Yeah, the publicity has like, let me, to be honest with you, it has been amazing. I didn't predict it at all. I didn't see it coming. The first ones that approached me was a, a news network from Spain another wow. one from France, And then after that, the New York Times uh, came and approached me as well. And then I also did um, a news broadcast with Belgium. And then after that was Italy. I did also one with uh, NHK, which is a news network out of Japan. And also we, um, I did a uh, Channel 4 news as well. I'm a firm believer that you do something to help others when you serve and give back this is what happens it, it just all comes back to you so i've realized um a few years back that it's best to invest into people Absolutely. i don't chase the money this is why you know my services um only allow for donations and things like that and what people can afford to give because when it comes to when it comes to people i felt that it's best to invest in people because of what real value is. I don't see real value as money. I see real value when it comes to people and their talents and their skills and their abilities. Because when you really think about it, right, Linda? Mm -hmm. Money doesn't build your roads, people do. Absolutely. Money doesn't cook your food, people do. Mm -hmm. Money doesn't do your hair, people do. So I felt it was best to invest into people because as long as you invest in, into people, when it comes to the, the, the dynamic and the concept of trade, you always get what you want and need because people are the ones that provide it. You know, it's interesting too that when the pandemic started, one of the industries that people sorely missed was hair salons and getting their haircuts. And here you step up to the plate 
Mm. You provide this amazing service. Now, let's talk about the donations. How does this work? Well, when it comes to donations, I let everybody know because that's one of the number one questions that I get. How much do you charge? Mm -hmm. And I even had a guy woke up one time. He was just like in awe about the whole thing. He was like, bro, how much you charge? I said, I said, bro, I don't charge anything. You know, is I accept donations if you, you know, care to, you know, to give and contribute, but I don't, I don't charge anything. He's like, what? He's like, bro, but like, how much you charge? And, you know, I had to repeat the same thing because I don't know, maybe it was hard for them to fathom because this is something that people really, you know, uh, deal with, you know, being able to set your own price is something that's, you know, pretty foreign and, you know, in the kind of world, the country that we live in, you know, that deals with a lot of, you know, capitalism. Right. So it was really interesting because, um, it got to a point where it was like they were just fascinated and they really showed their appreciation because, you know, they, they love the, the opportunity of not only the service, but they love the opportunity and the option of, you know, somebody not giving them a set price, especially dealing with this pandemic and people being, you know, affected financially by this whole You are a blessing and you're <laughs> going to be blessed. What you're doing is hallmark to anything I've heard since nice. this whole thing started. The thing I wanted to ask you, and I read mm. this in the New York Times, that you're working on something else. When you get home, you're writing a book. I am writing a book. Um, the, the title of the book is called The Non-Principles of Triumph. This is something I've been working on since I was 27 years old, which is about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's a book that came to me because growing up, I liked answers, directions, and, um, and guidance. And I was always searching. I would uh, read a lot of uh, self-help books, self-improvement books. And naturally, one day, when I was about, I think, about 30 years old, I was in the barbershop, and the idea came to me. And the next thing you know, I thought of the, the concept. I thought of the idea came to me as well. And then before you know it, like, I just started writing in my phone. And, you know, it just started to flow. And before you know it, I had a book. Now, wow. you know, when it comes to this book, it's a book that's solely about... Um, it deals with the purpose uh, of empowerment. And it's, it's regarding non-principles that's a part of the, the natural progressive order of things. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it shares the mechanisms of how things work when it comes to getting results, you know, when it comes to you, you know, taking your life in the direction that you want it, want it to go in and, um, and really doing what it takes when it comes to results and, and the know-how of uh, really accomplishing and, and being triumphant. I love reading things like this. So you got to make sure I get a copy. Oh, absolutely. You'd be a the first one. A signed copy, because I'm all about that. I'm all about pressing beyond obstacles right. in order to land in a good place. And you are in a great place. Absolutely. Then, um, you know, book to deal with, because, you know, to, to go over real quick, you know, the chapters, you know, just so people have an idea, the first chapter is knowledge we hit on. And then the next chapter after that is the programming process. And then you have creating a sense of urgency. And then you have self-belief, self-reliance, turning trash into treasure, mastery, health, and then lastly, mortality. That sounds like a bestseller. I, I hope so. <laughs> well, I look forward to reading it. Now, for all the listeners out there, you have a powerful story. And for anyone who wants to schedule an appointment to get their hair cut, where do they go? How can they do this? Very simple. I teamed up with um, a company called Schedulicity. 
Schedulicity, all you have to do is go to your Google or whatever search engine that you have and, you know, plug in Schedulicity. And when you get to Schedulicity, you just search Heritage, H-A-I-R-I-T-A-G-E, and I should pop up. And then you'll see all the availabilities. And then you can go ahead uh, furthermore and book whatever appointment that's, you know, convenient for you. When I post this podcast, I'll make sure I get that on there so people will know where to go so they can schedule an appointment with Herman James. Nice. Herman, thank you so much. I'm glad I got to meet you through this podcast, and I look forward to one day actually meeting you. If I do, I will definitely make my way up to 72nd on Central Park West. Definitely. Looking forward to seeing you. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity, and I really appreciate you taking the interest. Thank you. Oh, and I know we're going to hear more about you. Thank you, James. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Likewise.